Welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. We will be discussing this topic, God's faithfulness in the area of our finances. We'll be interviewing one of our church members, Amy Beck. We hope this conversation will challenge and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Alrighty, so as you guys just heard, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, God's faithfulness in the area of personal finance. Um, but before we get going, um, my name is Nate Trawick, and I am joined today uh, by Miss Amy Beck. Amy, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to share what I know about you, and then I want you to share kind of more about you. So I know you're a mom of three. Yes. Um, you have uh, a husband, name's Ken. Yes. Uh, you're a business owner. Yes. Uh, and you're dedicated to serving our schools. That's one of the things that I've noticed most about you. Like every time I talk to you, you're at volleyball games, baseball games, all over the place. Um, and also one thing that I know about you is you love the Lord. Um, every time I get on Facebook, I, it seems like I see another post that you've posted challenging people. Um, but just, uh, you know, what, what else maybe would people be interested in knowing about you? Um, I'm very busy, very, okay. very busy. So I don't get a lot of downtime. So there is a lot on Facebook, and there's a lot on Facebook um, that – that is, um, how do you want to say, lots of people make it look very pretty. And our house is not always very pretty. So yeah. I, I, I try to make it to where you see the good, bad, and the ugly mm. um, so that anybody feels comfortable to come and ask yeah. if, they, if they're struggling with something. And we, Logan's going through that, so we're trying to lead her up to where she can be a lot for others too. So whatever, whatever somebody needs. If I don't know how to do it, we'll figure out how to do it. Cool. <laughs> the, awesome. my, my first business name was odds and ends. And everybody's like, why? And I'm like, because if I don't sell it, I'll find it if you're looking for it. Yeah. If we don't have an answer, we'll figure it out. Awesome. You know, I've, I've not really heard your story before. Um, but, uh, maybe can you just share with us a little bit about, about how God has shown himself to be faithful in the area of finances? Probably because I've never told it in one sit down. Okay. Like I tell it in spurts when somebody well, cool. needs something or when I feel like, Ooh, I'm going to get on to you because <laughs> You need to be doing this. So long story short, um, let's see if I can make it short. I like to talk. Sorry. Um, I moved out on my 18th birthday and had to work three jobs to do that. Mm. So I was in track to go to college. Didn't get to do that. Um, Met my husband when I was 20. So in April, I turned 21 in July. So almost 21. So I'd been on my own for almost two years and owned my own place at the time. I owned a little trailer. Yes, I'm from the trailer park. And I owned a trailer, and I'm proud of it. Um, he is the same way. So when mm. I met him, he owned his own place. But when you are 18 and working three $8 an hour jobs because you have no experience and you have no college education, a lot gets thrown on a credit card because mm. how else are you going to do it? You know. So, I mean, yeah. I had to buy a car when I moved out. I had to buy this and I had to buy that. And the only way sometimes I could eat is I took turns going to my grandparents' house. And they knew which <laughs> nights were mine or, or were theirs. And I got super close to my grandparents that way. It's the best um, food, right? I mean, it's so. a different relationship, <laughs> too, with your grandparents yeah. when you're older than yeah. when you're the kid. And so I had a whole different relationship with them in my adult life. Hmm. But, yes, it's the best food <laughs> ever. Because otherwise, my part-time job was at the mall and you got a pretzel oh, or a pizza. Yeah. Um, that's what you got. So when we met each other, we already had debt. Hmm. So then you fly into a marriage at 22 and 25, and we lived in a camper the first four years we were married and traveled with his job, did not have a house, 
But still, you know, he was learning his job, and I left my job at 22. I retired at 22 and lived in a camper. So, yeah, he bought his first brand-new vehicle without my permission or my knowledge or my discussion. (laughs) So he got a real big talking to after three days of me crying in a Las Vegas dealership (laughs) to take this $25,000, a $35,000 truck back. And after three days, they knocked it down to 25, but they would not take it back. So you learn lessons hard ways. Like we had to call our parents and say, we can't come home for Christmas now. We can't afford airline tickets. And I was homesick. So our parents got together and took up money and sent us airline tickets. And I told them the whole way home, I'm not coming back with you. But a week later, I went back with him. (laughs) So we started out like a lot of couples in the hole. We were in the hole before we met each other. And we got deeper in the hole after we met each other. And then after four years, I decided I was ready to have a baby. I'm 25, to going on 26, and we, I have to be home. I, mm-hmm. I need to be near my mama to do that. Yeah. So we had to buy a house. Then I had to have a bigger car. Then the hole just gets bigger mm-hmm. and bigger and bigger. After years and years and years, we were actually looking at bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Actually, hardcore looking at bankruptcy. And I was mortified. Knew Mm. several friends that had already at that age been through it. Knew my Mm. parents had been through it when they got a divorce. And it terrified me. So I really had to hit my knees and do some thinking and praying and digging. And I said, I'm not doing that. We are not doing that. So we put ourselves on an 18-month peanut butter and jelly budget is what I call it. And literally, that's what we ate was sandwiches, mac and cheese. We did not go out to eat. We paid that timeshare payment for 18 months and never used it. Because guess what? If you go camping, if you go on vacation, if you go anywhere, you might have your room paid for, but you still have to eat. You're still going to want to do things. You still have to have gas to get there and gas to get home. It still takes more money than just paying. I got my room paid for. Sure. So we didn't use it. And in that time, you start cutting a lot of things out. And if you guys have me on Facebook, you've heard it. If you know me in person, you've heard it. I'm going to tell you the first two things that need to be on your budget are your tithes and your life insurance. You do not cut those out of your budget and you don't put them lower on your budget because I was raised in a tithing household. Even when I was pennies to pennies, I gave when I could. And I never had that not in my stomach like I did when we were looking at bankruptcy because I always knew the four years I lived by myself. I can't tell you how many times I would go to the mailbox and just have that Jackson EMC little dividend thing at the end of the Mm. month that got me through that, that $24 got me lunch till my next paycheck because I was Mm. done. I was out of money, Mm. but it it always works out. But the first 15 years of our marriage, Ken did not go to church with me. Mm. So 10 years into it, maybe eight years into it, his brother passed away, and within 11 months, my brother passed away. So I got very angry and told myself I was angry at God, even though I knew better. But who else are you going to be mad at? Nobody else took him away. So I told myself I was mad at God, and I let myself stop going to church, which I'd gone to church all those years making excuses for him, and I was tired of that. I was tired of being the wife and the mom alone and making excuses for my husband. And so it, it let me go down that rabbit hole when I pulled myself away to get that knot in my stomach because now everything's falling apart. We're losing this. We've lost that. Now we're going to lose our house. Now we're going to lose our marriage. Now we're going to lose this. 
But guess what I had not been doing for two years? I had not been faithfully in my church. I had not been faithfully tithing in my church. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that trust anymore. Because, yeah. I mean, when I, pay, when I pay my tithes, I don't worry. We might have a tight month, but I don't worry. Mm-hmm. We're going to have everything we need. No, we might not have everything we want. Yeah. But we're going to have everything we need, and we're going to be just fine. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you not to cut your tithes or your life insurance, and don't lower them. So we did that for 18 months and pulled ourselves out of the hole. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose anything. We did not foreclose on anything. We did not oh. walk away from the ding-dang timeshare <laughs> <laughs> that we should have because that would have hurt our credit. Yeah. Um, but we paid everything off but our house and our one car that we still owed on. Everything was paid off. Wow. So then within the next four years, we were able to buy 25 acres with the house that we will retire in and live the rest of our life in. Yeah. We paid cash for two cars for our kids. We've got mm. the third one coming up. We allowed ourselves to go through the hard part, even though it was no fun whatsoever. And in the last 10 years, we watched our savings account grow. We watched what the Lord helped us do because now Ken comes to, Ken's started going to church with us. He just sees, he's, it's different. It's mm. just different when your head is doing the same thing and everybody's following in. Now, does that mean we don't ever have those low? Nope, because we're in one right now. Mm. But if we were in this low point that we're in right now, 10 years ago where there was no money in savings, it would look a lot different than what it looks like now. So even though I I don't like to see that savings account number go down, I still know we're we're still above where we are treading water. And I'm still faithful that we'll pull through it. So um, it doesn't mean that when you do the hard work one time, you're not going to have to do it again. You'll you'll see if you look back on my Facebook that, oh, we're we're back on our peanut butter and jelly budget. Yeah. Because you you have to stay on a budget. You cannot let yourself get that little bit of a nest egg and then be like, oh, we're good now. I can go back to living and doing whatever I want. Before you know it, that nest egg is gone and you're back to paycheck to paycheck and struggling. And what do you want to do? Not pay my tithes this week not pay my life insurance this week because that's not a necessity. It is. So, so you mentioned, you know, you moved out at 18, you had three jobs. Um, I, I, I can't imagine that, frankly. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, being thrown in like, here's the real world. Welcome to it. Um, you know, surely, you know, that taught you a lot. Um, what are some lessons that you maybe learned in that time? That sometimes you don't get to go to the party because you got to go to work Mm. unless you want to go back home, which is not where I wanted to be at the time. And then that's not a dig at my mom or dad. Mm. It's just, that's where our life was. You know, they separated when I was 14, but didn't divorce till I was 16 Mm. happened my senior year. And then they both met people and I just wasn't quite ready for that. So Mm. that was my choice to move out at 18, but it is a choice. And a lot of kids want to do that. Oh, I'm 18. I want to jump out and end up back at home. And there's nothing wrong with that either. If you try it and you end up back at home, you know, Bryson, our oldest one, is working full time and saving money like crazy and wanting to buy a house. And the market went through the roof. Yep. And he's like, but I don't want to be at home when I'm 30. But, baby, you're 20. So you don't have to be in a hurry to leave mom and dad either mm-hmm. if it's a okay environment. Sure. Um, save your money. Do, because we would rather him buy than rent. I spent four years, I could have just went and put it in the toilet and flushed it. It had been the same thing as me paying rent. I don't own anything at the end of that month. Um, So we would rather him, but we also, 
Bryson, and this is another thing. Teach your kids. Once you figure it out and know how to budget, teach your kids from day one hmm. to do that. Because when he did work-based learning his senior year, we went and opened him a checking account and hmm. a savings account. And I said, you're at home. You have no bills. Half of your paycheck needs to go to that savings account. So even when he graduated, bought his first truck to establish credit, he still takes half of his paycheck oh, wow. and puts it in savings. That's awesome. Now, when he buys a house, is he going to be able to do that? No, but in his brain, something needs to go into savings account. Sure. Something every month needs to go in the savings account. Absolutely. So you, you got to retrain your brain sure. to, to, to look at those things. But, yes, it was a very long four years. So, so kind of a two-part question here. You mentioned two things throughout your story credit, debt, um, and budgeting. Um, why is credit card debt, debt in general, so harmful? And then also, what are some good ways that maybe people don't think about they can budget? What are some good tips that you have for that? So credit card number one is not always a bad thing. Most of the time, it's a bad thing. Hmm. So we already took Bryson to the bank, and he did a $250. He took his own $250, put it into a secure account. They helped him do it to have a secure credit card, and it's called a credit builder. It's it's his own money sitting in that account. He pays it each month, but it's really using his own money. Um, because in this day and age, you have to exist on paper. My dad, after he got a divorce, lived with a lady for 10 years and paid bills under her name, not his name. So then when he was ready to buy a house, they split. He wanted to buy a house. He didn't exist mm. on paper. In his 50s. Oh, wow. So he had to go buy a truck and rent for a year to exist on paper. So if you're 18 years old and you can't buy a house and you can't buy, you know, a brand spanking new car, a credit card, small limit credit card, <laughs> limit yourself is a good way to put yourself on paper because they're going to look at three to six months. You've made a steady payment. Mm. So it's not always a bad thing. The bad thing is, is it's so easy when they keep raising. If you do a secure credit card, it's never going to change that amount because it's your money. When you get these in the mail and you pay three, six months on time, guess what? They're going to up your limit. And then they're going to up your limit. And then they're going to up your limit. And guess what? When you're young and all your friends have this or that and the other, they've got the fanciest gas grill sitting on the back porch. You want that too. And guess what? They put it on a credit card too. And then mm. that's when the hole starts getting yeah. really big. That's where your budget has to come in. So you have to be honest, and you ha can't hide anything. And it's so much better if the two of you do it together if you're married so that there isn't anything hidden. Um, I do most of our bills. Ken's just not – he's just busy, and that's just another thing. But then there's always that way to, what would you do with my money? Well, if you were sitting down doing it with me, there's nothing that you can't you, – you're not hiding it. You know where it's at. But you have to – Put your paycheck down, and you have to put every single dollar. Mm -hmm. And you have to be honest. If you go out to eat 10 times in a month, you got to put it down so you see it. And when your eyes see it on the paper, you're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize how much we were spending. Yeah. And the worst thing with credit card is it gives you that permission to keep up with the Joneses. Don't care what the Joneses have. Mm. Just care what you've worked for and what the Lord is providing for you, and you'll live so much happier. Yeah. I don't care what the next porch sitting next to me has got on it. I just care what we were able to pay cash for. Yeah. It is mine. I own it. The bank doesn't own it. The credit card doesn't own it. We worked and we paid for it. And, and it's a whole different sense of yeah. accomplishment. Absolutely. Yeah. And the worry's not there. Mm. The worry's not there. When you don't have that credit card debt sitting on your back, 
because you didn't let it get out of hand. Like I said, have a small secured one for an emergency and to put yourself on paper. Mm. But don't have 10 credit cards and just lavish house so that when somebody walks in, they're like, oh my goodness. Okay, but you haven't paid for it yet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's still on loan from the store right now. And that's a very hard, because the interest rate is going to, before you're ever making a payment on that stuff, you're paying interest for years. Mm -hmm. And that snowballs so fast. You're paying three times more for that picture hanging on the wall than if you'd have just saved the cash for it. So it's very easy to get in that hole. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that you you mentioned throughout is tithing. Um, when, when you think about tithing, what is it about tithing um, that I, I know for like for me, like it's 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 scary in a way because it's like once that money's out of your bank account, it's out of your bank account. Um, but it's no different than buying your house. Sure. Once you buy your house, that payment's gone every month. Yeah. And it's a while before it's paid mm. for. And I look at it as my debts paid. He paid his hmm. my my he he paid for me to live this life and now I'm repaying. Hmm. I'm I'm giving him my best. That's good. And then hmm. he's going to take care of my needs. If I if I give him my best first, like I said, you might not always have your wants. You might hmm. not get that big gulp for a couple of months if you're trying to get yourself out of a hole. Now, if you start out budgeting from the beginning, you're ahead of the game because you'll know that you don't need to buy that. But most of us in our 20s don't sure. do not do that. And most of us are not taught that yeah. in school or from home. So if you can start it right out of the gate, it's so much better off. Mm. Um, same with life insurance. I preach on life insurance. Start it when you're young because it's way cheaper and it's locked in. Put it on your baby. You can put mm. it on your baby when they're 10 days old and that price is locked in for the rest of their life. And it mm. saves money for them. It's like a little savings account. And then you turn it over to them at 21. And when they have their own family... They're not paying $40 a month. They're paying $15 a month because you locked it in for them. If you're paying your tithes, you've locked in that security. <laughs> you locked it in. You don't have to worry about the rest of the bills. You, you do. I mean, in your, physically, you have to sit down and write yeah. out your bills. But even in your mind, if you know that you're going to be short that month, I'm telling you, it's amazing how it just somehow works out. Mm. If you are strict with yourself, and I mean, there's scripture that says, to be financially responsible. That 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 is that is a one of our lessons to be financially responsible. Don't be frivolous. Yes, he wants us to have fun, but you you don't have to buy the $100,000 boat to have fun. Mm. You know, we have a boat sitting in our house now that I would love to sell because I can rent a boat twice a twice a summer, which is about what we get to use it because we work all the time. Yeah. I don't need to make the payment for it sure. to sit there or take it out of savings. Mm. You have to look at the pros and cons of everything, but tithing to me is I'm giving him my best because he gave me his best. Yeah. And then I know he's got my back. Hmm. Uh, the worry's no, nowhere near what it would be if he's not, if I don't have to, if I know he's got my back, my, my knot in my stomach is smaller. Sure. Yeah. Even in the hard times, even in the, because like I said, a lot of people when they first become a Christian, Think, oh, now everything's going to be a bed of roses. And how many times do we have to go back and say to new Christians, that's not what we said. Yeah. So just because you tithe every month doesn't mean it's not going to be a, a, a tight month or a stressful month still. But even when you say stressful, it's a different stress when he's sitting right here. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It, it just is. Absolutely. So, so last question. Um, another thing you mentioned is the role that your parents played. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you say to parents out there? You know, I'm, I'm a new dad. Like what would you, what advice would you give to parents when it comes to um, teaching your kids to, to tithe, teaching your kids to have a savings account? Like what, what advice would you have? Start it when they're little. Mm-hmm. So they don't know anything different. If you start him a savings account now and you get his life insurance now and then you make that known as he gets old enough to understand some of the things, these are what this is what he will think is a normal mm-hmm. is normal life. Then we started when we started our peanut butter and jelly budget 10, 12 years ago, when we hit it hard, um, it was probably August or September when I had to just okay, I'm on my knees, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. We're filing bankruptcy, no we're not. So guess what was around the corner? Christmas. Mm-hmm. Was there any money for Christmas? No. How do you tell your little small children there's no money for Christmas? You tell your kids there's no money for Christmas. But, you know, we got, and I bought them all these years ago. They have a burlap sack, and they have their names printed on them. That's what they open. They get a pair of shoes. They get an outfit. They get something that they've asked for, something maybe fun that I found, but that's it. And then they get Mm -hmm. money in their stockings, depending on how our year went. They get a little bit of money in their stockings and they know that that's going to go to their savings account and they can spend a little bit of it. But they also know that after Christmas, everything's on sale. Grandma's going to give you money. Aunt's going to give you money. Uncle's going to give you money. You got more money. You put it together. They know to shop a clearance rack because we taught them that. Um, my mom was great with that. Like mm-hmm. like I said, we grew up very comfortable, but we still... And you have to teach them at home because nobody does that anymore. Yeah. And they don't teach it in school. So if you don't teach them that... So, like, the first time what we did, the very first year, I mean, I cried because, I mean, who don't want to have stuff for their kids? Like, abundance of stuff for their kids. Yeah. But guess what? Most people do that on a credit card. How many Christmases had we put that on a credit card and then spend the next year trying to get out of the debt before it rolls around again? Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the first year we did that, we filled their sacks up and gave them a little bit of money in their stockings. And then after Christmas, because they were little, they each got a date with mom and dad hmm. by themselves. So we took them out to eat. They got to choose where they got to go to eat. And then we took them whatever store they wanted to go at. So Gavin, our middle one, middle one he wanted to go to Toys R Us. And we get to the counter and he lays his stuff up there. And he was like, that's not how much that was. And I was like, baby, that's the tax. I have to pay the tax? Yes, baby, you have to pay the tax. So he learned from a young age. I bet I, if it's a $40 toy and I've only got $40, I can't get it. Hmm. It's got to be a 30-something dollar toy so that I've got enough. Yeah. They have to learn that not go above. Yeah. Mama didn't pull out the tax out of her pocket so that he, he was like, oh, well, it's going to come from somewhere. Hmm. They need to learn yeah. how to budget That's at good. that age. That's good. Yes, they have to learn. Really and then like Logan did her little God's Girl t-shirts. And I'm like, okay, but this is a business now and you need to tie that out of that. Hmm. And then she takes what's left and puts back into a new design. Yeah. So awesome. they, you have to teach them young. Uh, well, you are a business owner, and mm-hmm. you are a local business owner, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's awesome. Uh, you just want to take a second to talk about what your business is, where it is, what y'all do? Um, I would love to. I mean, that's we can plug it. I yep. didn't come to plug it. Um, <laughs> um, Amy's Closet is in downtown Maysville, and right now I'm the only business in downtown Maysville. Um, we do have Karis Cafe, one little cafe there. They close at 2, open late on Thursdays till 8. So we're, we're both kind of hanging on. So y'all come see us because we love our little town of Maysville. Um, We love our church in Maysville, and we want to see life in our town. Mm. Um, Our town is dry, so that they say that hurts restaurants. I don't see why that hurts a restaurant. If you've got a good place to hang out, um, 
a good atmosphere, whatever. So we that's what we want our town to be. We want mm-hmm. people to want to come and hang there and be um, not ashamed to bring your kids out with you, yeah. things like that. So we're working on it. But, yes, Amy's Closet is just a small little um, clothing boutique, and I have school spirit wear. So Banks County, East Jackson, um, Maysville, any little school. Anything y'all need, I can custom make it. Um, and I would love love to see you come in and, and see us. Awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I really hope this was a, um, as encouraging for you as it was for me. Um, and we look forward to you joining us next week. Thanks so much. Y'all have a great day. Thanks again so much for listening to our podcast today. The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information on how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have questions about today's episode or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day.